You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. saying to Israel, hey guys, we're going to get there. We're going to wipe out everybody we come in contact with. Trust me on this. But right now, I need to have some one-on-one, you know? I need some time with me and you. I want to raise you up a little bit. I want to get you strong in my word. I want to get you going. He's ever looking forward to that. The more time we spend with him, I can guarantee the more we're going to be prepared for when that time comes. And you'll know when the time comes. You'll know immediately when the time comes. And when you act and step out in faith, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be great. As believers and followers of Christ, we've been promised that hardships, challenges, and struggles will come our way. In today's message, Pastor Dave will teach you that one of the best ways you can make sure that you're well-equipped for such trials is by none other than reading the Word and fellowshipping with God. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 4 as he continues his message, Memorial Stones. Some history about Gilgal, just to kind of put things together. Gilgal became a very important place for them. Saul, who was Israel's first king, was crowned there in 1 Samuel 11. David was welcomed back after the rebellion with Absalom was subdued there. Samuel used to stop there for his ministry work, and you find that in 1 Samuel 7, 16. And according to 2 Kings 2, 1 and 2, There was a school of prophets there, which was established in the days of Elijah and Elisha. So what would you do? You come into Jericho, you come into the land, you get there, and you're all hepped up. You're ready to go. You're like, let's go, man. We're ready. Come on. What's wrong with you? Let's go. We want to get there. We want to take these guys. Because remember, the spies came back and said what? Everybody's afraid of you guys. Everybody heard about what the Lord did, and they're shaking in their boots, man. We can take these guys. This land is ours. We can do it. So as they crossed over, what did it say? The two and a half tribes that uh, that came with them, what did it say? They were ready for war. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Well, you know what? Sometimes God's just not in a hurry. Sometimes God's just not in a hurry. He always wants to make things are properly put in place before he does his work. He's going to do it here, and he's doing it in you. You might be waiting for something. You might have a promise for the Lord. I can guarantee you can count on that promise. I can guarantee that promise will happen, but it's going to be in God's time. It's not going to be in your time. You can't force it. You can't make things come about in your own way and in the flesh. God will do the work. He wants you to be obedient by faith and wait upon him. See, God is never in a hurry. He knows that beyond us doing something, we must be something for him. So now he takes time out and he wants to bring Israel into a spiritualness, if there is such a word. He wants to bring them into a time of spiritual hope before they conquer Jericho, before he leads them in the battle. See, God is always looking out for you first. 
He wants to draw you close to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you haven't heard me say I'm impatient, you haven't been here long. I'm very impatient with a lot of things. But God always wants to take me in his arms and say, Dave, just hang out a while, man. Just hang out with me for a while. It's going to get accomplished. Things are going to happen here. But you know what? I'm worried about you and me. I want our relationship to get better. I want our relationship to grow. I want to show you so many more things. Hang out with me a while. Get to know me more. And that's what God's saying to Israel. Hey, guys, we're going to get there. We're going to wipe out everybody we come in contact with. Trust me on this. But right now, I need to have some one-on-one, you know? I need some time with me and you. I want to raise you up a little bit. I want to get you strong in my word. I want to get you going. He's ever looking forward to that. The more time we spend with him, I can guarantee the more we're going to be prepared for when that time comes. And you'll know when the time comes. You'll know immediately when the time comes. And when you act and step out in faith, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be great. Because you've spent that time with God. You spent that time in his word, in prayer, maybe fasting, whatever it is that Lord's leading you in, but you're patiently waiting for him to show you what he has in store. But he's saying, come on, let's hang out a while. I just want to hang out with you, Dave. Come on. So many times we're quick to run away, you know, and and it's like he's standing there going, where are you going? What's your hurry? Hang out. Let's eat. He just likes to hang out with me. That's what he's going to say. He said, the battle's coming. But you need to be prepared for the battle. And there's some spiritual work I've got to do in your lives first. There's a few spiritual things I've got to do first to prepare you for this battle. Each tribe was to send a representative to get a stone. We read that in 312. Remember when we looked at 312? Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from every tribe. That's what it was for. They were told to go get stones out of the midst where they were standing. And they put them on those shoulders. These bad boys must have been big. They carried from the dry riverbed where the priests were standing, and they got these stones. In verse 6, it says, This may be a sign among you when your children ask from time to come. See, the purpose of this memorial was so that the people of Israel could teach their children about how wonderful and how glorious God has been to them. The work of God would not be forgotten among generation after generation, that then these people would then begin to put their trust in God. As the generation moves on, we see this throughout the Bible. We see this great example of the generations being responsible to teach the upcoming ones about the faithfulness of God. We see this throughout time. We have a responsibility to raise up our young people, train up a child as he should go. We need to train our young people up in the word of God. We need to train them up so that they too would know our God. So many young people are are bolting. They're leaving the church in droves. It's horrible. It's just so sad. God says, I want you to do these things so that they would remember what happened here. And this is not new. If you're a Bible student and you've read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you know that God has set up, he calls them feasts. He set up feasts for Israel. We have the Passover You have the Feast of Booths. You have the Feast of Trumpets. You have all these feasts that God has set up as memorials so that they would remember what God had done. And some of these feasts are even enacted today. We just had Carol come here, and she talked about the Feast of Passover and how it represents Christ. And being a born-again Jew, you know, she's now completed. So throughout the Bible, we see these things, reminders of what God did, reminders of what God has done in our lives. One commentator said, when we fail to trust in our God because we forget the things he's done, 
Often our faith for our children becomes weak because they've been never told how great God is. They've never seen God at work in your life. They've never seen that, and they need to see that. They need to be reminded how good God is and how wonderful He is. They need to see that, and they need to be reminded and how He is still working in our lives even now. As long as we're on this planet, as long as we're alive, God is working in our lives. The Lord has given us a great reminder, a great reminder. He's given us a way to remember. He's given us the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, the sacrament of communion. The Lord has given us this time. He gave us the institution of the Lord's Supper. and He said, whenever you do this, remember me. This is why I use 1 Corinthians 11 every time we have communion at the first of the month. Because when Paul was talking about this, he puts the emphasis on remembering Jesus. Remembering what the meaning of his own death was. And remember when we looked at the, the Last Supper, we saw that was actually a Passover meal. When, when Jesus together with his disciples, according to the biblical commands and Jewish traditions, celebrated the remembrance of Israel's deliverance from Egypt. The breaking of bread and the drinking of wine were important during the Passover celebration. Jesus took these important pictures and the reminders of Israel's deliverance from Egypt and added them to the meanings connected to his own death on the cross for us. He said, this is my body. And taking the bread, we're called to remember Jesus' body, beaten beyond recognition, torn asunder, if you will, by the cat of nine tails. The Passover meal would feature unleavened bread made without yeast, both because yeast is a picture of sin and corruption in the Bible, and because bread, yeast needs time to work. They had to make their bread with fast, without leaven. They didn't have time for it to rise because they were bolting. It would have scorch marks which represented the stripes of Christ. The scorch marks were on them, and holes from baking as they pierced it. Same way Jesus' body had holes from the nails and stripes from the beating. When we received the cup, we're called to remember the blood of Christ in the new covenant. The Passover meal featured several cups of wine, each with a different title, but the cup that Jesus lifted was the cup of redemption. The cup of redemption. This is what he referred to. And he added as a reminder from the redemption of the slavery that his blood would then be a confirmation of the new covenant. The new covenant that we're going to have, which was found in his blood. What mere man would have the audacity to, to institute a new covenant between God and man. But Jesus says, there's a new covenant sealed in my blood. And what's this new covenant all about? It's all about the inner transformation that goes on within us as we accept Christ. It's all about the cleansing from sin. In Jeremiah 31, the prophet writes these beautiful words when God says, For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. And then puts God's words and he says this, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And remember that close relationship I told you that God wants to have with us? The prophet says, I will be their God. And they will be my people. I want that close relationship. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, and because of the new covenant relationship we have, we have this new relationship with God. A close, deep, meaningful relationship. But sadly, for many of us, there's no inner transformation. Nothing's taking place inside. We're going to talk a lot about this next week when we talk about circumcision. Gilgal was a place of remembrance. 
Joshua had the 12 stones placed on the other side of the Jordan. It was the victory side. That's where they carried them. It was a lasting memory of what the Lord did that day. They were taken from the place where the priests had their feet and they were put up here as a memorial. And then in verse 9, Joshua actually takes more stones and he makes another memorial right in the heart of the Jordan. Right in the heart of the Jordan, he puts it there. So that when the water is lowered at drought time, they could see these stones and they would be testifying of what God had completely dried up the Jordan. And as I was studying this, I thought, wait a minute, we go through seasons of drought in our lives, don't we? We go through times of, of, of drought, seasons of dryness. We go through trials, temptations, we go for tribulation, we go through these things. And in these times, we need to remember what God has done for us. We need to remember what God accomplished on the cross of Jesus Christ. We need to remember those things and have them dear to us, what God really did. It's really interesting. Now, if you go to John one twenty eight, you don't have to turn there, but it's talking about John the Baptist baptizing him and talking about Jesus' baptism. And it was a place called Bethara. Bethara. And it means a house of passage. It means a house of passage. And many, many people believe and many people ascribe that where John was baptism and where Jesus got baptized was the same place that Joshua crossed because of that Bethara, house of passage. And they use this as that. People even go as far as saying that in Matthew 3, 9, when, when they said that God can raise up those stones, that that's the stones they're pointing to, the ones that Joshua put. Now, it was a long time later. I'm sure that water rushing by, I don't know. It sounds plausible, but we're not really sure. It doesn't really say scripturally, so we really can't put our hat on that. We can't make that dogma. We can't make that true, but it sounds plausible. Something to think about. In verse 21 through 24, we see the purpose of these memorial stones. Let's read them again. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. That all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God. There was an obvious purpose for these stones. They had something for the people of Israel, and they had something for the world, too. It's easy for us to forget the miracles that God has done in our lives. It's easy for us to forget those things. When we're going through a trial, when we're going through a temptation, when we're going through some things, how many of us go, God, where are you now? When we forget that he's taken us through so much. We don't remember the past works of God thinking the best days of our Christian experience are behind us. What a sad thing. If you think the best days of your Christian experience are behind you, you don't know our God very well. You need to really draw close to him and let him show you how glorious it's going to be. It's going to be. We remember them, those things, as a point of faith so we can trust God for even greater and greater works. We have a point of faith, and that's a good point to start. But because we've seen and we've experienced his past faithfulness, then we can be confident that he's going to be faithful in the future. He says, you should let your children know so that they have a point of contact with God's work in the past. Remember what God did for them. All the peoples of the earth are going to fear the Lord. That's the hope. 
They hoped that. There was a purpose for the oral, so that they would know that there was a God in heaven who can work miracles, a God that they should seek after with their whole heart. Joshua places his obligation. He told the Jews to fear the Lord and to be his witnesses throughout the world. These things are witnesses. These stones are witnesses of God. Israel had the charge to take God's word, to take their relationship with God to the entire world. But they did not. They did not do it. Believe in this God, a God who can part the Red Sea, a God who can open up rivers, a God who creates life. He certainly is a God to be feared. He's a God to be loved and a God to obey. Israel was supposed to tell all the nations about their God. All of them, but they didn't do it. They were supposed to tell them that God is a God who keeps promises. God is the one true living God. He cares deeply for his people. He goes before them in battle. And he never fails. This was supposed to be their charge, but they didn't do it. How sad a time it was that they supposed to do. But the memorial that Joshua set up that day slowly lost its spiritual meaning. It said it became a shrine. A shrine that the Jews even used to sin against God by worshiping there. The prophet Hosea condemned the people of Israel for worshiping at Gilgal instead of Jerusalem in Hosea 4.15, 9.15, and 12.11. And then the prophet Amos does the same thing. Warns them, don't worship here. This is not that place. You're to worship in Jerusalem and the temple. So important that we teach our young people, the next generation, about the truth of our Lord. It's so important that they glean for it themselves, just like this new generation of Israelites had to glean for themselves their relationship with God. Apostle Paul's going to say an amazing thing. He wants to be a curse so that his people could come into the kingdom. He wants to give up everything for others to be saved. The monuments at Gilgal reminded the Jews that God had opened the river and brought them safely in the promised land. It reminded them that there was a break with the past. And they were never, ever to think of returning back to Egypt. Their old life was buried in the middle of the river. The old life was gone. Just like the stones that were placed there, they were now to walk in newness of life. Just our relationship with Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things are new. Old has passed away. We are new creatures. Paul says, put on the new man. That's an action. Put on the new man, which is Christ. These memorial stones were the first of several heaps, if you want to call them, that Joshua was going to place. But today we see many memorials throughout our land of ours. The real Memorial Day is May 30th, but we celebrate it on the 25th and 26th. That's when we celebrate it. But we celebrate these memorials that are left of men and women that have given their lives for our freedom. We, too, set up memorials in our lives. We have memorials that we have in our lives that help us remember things, remember our family members that have gone on. Maybe it's your parents that have gone on. You have maybe a memorial something or something that reminds you of them, a special occasion. And there's nothing wrong with these memorials as long as they don't become religious idols, as long as they don't become places of worship or places that you're praying to. Don't have a beautiful urn full of ashes of a loved one that you're praying to. We cannot turn our hearts from Christ. We have always got to be seeking the Lord. Glorifying the past is the way of stagnating. 
It's always stagnating. God is a God of the present. God is a God of the future. We are to remember God's faithfulness. We have to remember, how do you remember God's faithfulness? If you're like me, I can tell you everything happened in the War of 1812, but I can't tell you what happened five minutes ago. What do you do to remember God's faithfulness in your lives? I like to journal. I'm a journaler. I love to journal. And one of my most prized possessions is a journal that I did when I was in New Orleans with the Billy Graham Rapper Response Team after Katrina. And I journaled every single day we were there, and I have pages upon pages upon pages. And that, that's a memorial to me when I go back and I look and see what God did and how wonderful and how faithful he was during that time and things like that. That's how I can remember those things. And, and it encourages me to know that he's going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, our next generation, they need to be reminded. They need to know that God is faithful to them. And they need to come and start their own walk with God. They need to start their own walk with God and allow God to show them how faithful he is and how, how wonderful he can be. But to do that, they have to draw close to God. We've got to lead them into the arms of Christ. Somehow we've got to lead them into the arms of Christ. The Lord brings us out so he can take us in. We become overcomers when we're identified with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And because we're in Christ, in him we've overcome the world. We've overcome the flesh. We've overcome the devil. We will never be defeated in him. We just finished reading in Romans 8, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. But in order to claim our spiritual inheritance, we must believe the word by faith. Everything we have, we have by faith. You need to step in the water and get your feet wet. You need to step in the water and let God show you. Step out in faith. And God will make a way where there is no way. God will do these things. We need to surrender yourself to his mighty hand. Surrender your lives to the working of the Holy Spirit. And move and follow him. As he gives you opportunities to share his love. As he gives you opportunities in your life, it may be at a soup kitchen, it may be at a Wawa, it may be at your workplace, it may be in your home, which is the biggest battlefield ever. But God wants you to step out in faith. God wants everyone to know how faithful he is and how loving he is and how kind he is. He wants us to know that. Die to your old self. Show people the new life. They're not going to believe you at first. They're not going to believe this new life. There's no way I remember you when. No, this is the new me. This is the new me in Christ. Tell them what happened. Tell them what experienced in your life. Tell them. Everyone has a story. Remember God's faithfulness. Israel's firmly in the land now. They're not going back. They need to be ready to become conquerors of this land. God has one more thing he wants to do with them spiritually. You are Our time with you is running short for today's edition of Assure Hope. Pastor Dave will continue this journey through the book of Joshua when you join us next time. But for now, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. We'd also encourage you to download these messages so they're available wherever you are. We know how busy life can get, but there's always time to pause, even if only for a few minutes. 
Those short breaks could be filled with the study of Scripture, getting to know God better through His Word. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, gaining access to the latest messages as soon as they're posted. Find out more at assurehoperadio.com. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May meets weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m., and we offer nursery and Sunday school where your children will be well cared for as they learn about the love of Jesus. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Or just visit assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message on Assure Hope. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover Jesus working in your life. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another edition of Assure Hope. Assure Hope.